Shalom and welcome to Parashah's Christmas, the weekly fix for spiritual lessons taken from the Parashah. Have your coffee and let's take a look at the weekly Torah reading. This week we'll be looking at Parashat Baera, which runs from Exodus chapter 6 verse 2 to chapter 9 verse 35. Enjoy it and don't forget to give us your feedback on Facebook, Twitter or via our website. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Those are the famous words that Neil Armstrong spoke as he, the first person in history, walked on the surface of the moon for the first time. What a momentous occasion! But despite video and photographical proof, some people still call into question whether the moon landing ever took place. If you've ever done any reading about conspiracy theories, you'll know that some people consider not only the moon landing, but also the roundness of the earth, school shootings, and even the humanness of the British royal family as all elaborate hoaxes, what we would call now fake news. Conspiracy theories bring many established facts into question, but perhaps the question we could throw back at the theorizers is, what would it take for you to believe? We left Moses last week standing before a less than impressed Pharaoh, asking him to let our people go. Pharaoh decides that seeing is believing, and seeing as he hasn't seen anything yet from Moses' God, he declines the request. He even makes life much harder for our people by adding to their already overwhelming workloads. Our people are unimpressed with Moses' and God's efforts thus far, and start to complain to him. Poor Moses, maybe he's on course for yet another failure. But then God steps in. He sends miracle after miracle, plague after plague, the ones we recite at Pesach, Passover, every year, on Pharaoh and his people to show them, and even the whole earth, that he really is God, and that all the idols they've believed in are not. At first, Pharaoh's magicians copy God's plagues, and Pharaoh remains unimpressed. But eventually, after the third one, even his magicians admit that this is God's doing. And yet Pharaoh, rather astonishingly, remains unconvinced. Be it blood or frogs, lice or flies, hail or sickness, nothing seems to convince this king of Egypt that God really exists and has ultimate power. As a result, he refuses to let our people go and sets up an ultimate showdown with God, which will play out during next week's parasha. Pharaoh's reaction to the various plagues is fascinating. Does he really not believe that someone more powerful than him is causing this chaos and destruction to his country? Or does he believe and is simply stubborn, not wanting to lose his entire slave population? Is he bullheaded, or has he simply lost his mind? Surely by now, we would have given in to God's request had we been in his position. Of course, it's very easy to criticize Pharaoh. After all, we know the end of the story. But let's turn the question around, just like we did on the conspiracy theorists earlier. What would it take for us to believe that God exists and is who he says he is? It's a good question to ask, regardless of whether you are a hardened atheist or an open-minded seeker. What would it take for you to believe that there really is a God who loves you and who rescued you from your helpless position through the death and resurrection of the Messiah Yeshua? Would God have to physically appear to you? Or would he have to show you some sign like he did to Pharaoh? It's interesting how we often have different standards of judging what is true or not. We may, for example, take at face value a report on a news website, 
but may give the Bible a harder time and demand extra proof that it really is from God. Why? Probably because the stakes are higher. If God is real, that means something. If the price of fish in Turkey has decreased, that doesn't really affect us as much. So how do you evaluate truth? And getting back to our original question from earlier, what happens if the very thing you ask for were to happen? What if God really were to fulfill your request and give you what you asked for, be it some special sign or knowledge of his existence or something else? Would you then believe and commit to live for him? Or would you, like Pharaoh, find all sorts of reasons to explain it away? Perhaps coincidence, luck, chance, fate. Perhaps the real issue that we all have to deal with does not concern God's existence, but our obedience. I tend to think that deep down, everyone has a basic knowledge of the existence of God, but we try and suppress it because we don't want to listen to God. We want to be God. We don't want to listen to a God who tells us what to do, even if it's what's best for us. So we claim that he doesn't exist. And even if we were forced to believe that he does exist, we would, like the Pharaoh, choose not to listen to him. Perhaps the ancient king of Egypt doesn't seem so crazy and unrelatable after all. One giant leap. Despite NASA releasing photos of the moon landing, people still believe it was staged. Despite NASA releasing photos and videos of around Earth, some still believe we live on a flat planet. These people have ultimately made the decision that no proof is good enough for them. What about us when it comes to God? What will convince us not only of his existence, but of his shaping the course of human history? What would it take to convince you? And remember, if he does give you this proof, would you then choose to follow him? Don't make the same mistake that the Pharaoh made. That's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed our Parashah Espresso. Please don't forget to subscribe to make sure you get the latest episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so please get in touch with us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or via our website at youthenfearjesus.de.